as we are wont to do, writers and all, we often spend some of our team meetings discussing things of merit. You know, the things that have nothing to do with the task at hand or clients, but definitely to our culture of nerdiness. Things such as the greatest villains in literature. This is not a new topic among my team. Many moons ago, Jason Konopitsky laid down the law and said, Randall Flagg, originally from Stephen King's The Stand and then appearing in eight more of his novels, was the greatest villain of all time. It created a great debate. Randall Flagg of all time? Really? Because we can't agree on that, the subject comes up often and it can become quite heated. Who knew literature villains could be so divisive? This is what we're going to discuss on this week's episode of the Spin Sucks podcast, the great villains in literature of all time. If you're a communications pro who works hard, doesn't compromise quality and gets the job done, welcome home. We'll share our tips, tricks, and stories, and together we will change the face of PR. Spin sucks, but we don't. With the Spin Sucks podcast, here's Jenny Dietrich. Welcome back to the Spin Sucks podcast. I'm Jenny Dietrich. To help us determine the greatest villains of all time, we took to the Spin Sucks community and social media to see if we could find some consensus. We've created quite a list, and I'll talk you through each of them in alphabetical orders just so as not to sway you. Number one, Aaron Stampler in Primal Fear. Aaron appears meek and frightened, but with a severe stutter and alludes to having had an unhappy childhood with his abusive father in Crickside, Kentucky. And yet, dot, dot, dot. Number two, Anton Chigurth in No Country for Old Men. A ruthless, emotionless hitman occasionally flips a coin to determine someone's fate. Hmm. Number three, Big Nurse in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Granted, much of her characterization comes through the eyes of a paranoid Chief Bromden, but she represents absolute and unwavering authority to the patients. Her battle of wills with McMurphy is about controlling joy and snuffing it out. She's cold, calculating, and domineering. McMurphy's rebellion against the Combine can't stand, and she puts an end to all he is, and more. Or is it Claudius in Hamlet? Claudius is a calculating, ambitious politician driven by his sexual appetites and his lust for power. Or maybe it's Count Dracula in Bram Stoker's Dracula. I want to stop your blood. Enough said. My small one is obsessed right now with vampires and zombies, so I spend a good amount of time chasing her around the house, repeating that phrase over and over again. It never gets old for her, and she never gets too old for it either. Number six, Count Olaf in the series of unfortunate events. He is cruel, lazy, and works through subterverge to turn others against the orphans. He takes away all sense of comfort, leaving them forever on the run with no place to call home. Each time they think they've achieved it, he swoops in and takes it away. Or is it number seven, Cruella de Vil in the 101 Dalmatians? She even has a song about her, she's that evil. But truly, anyone who can steal puppies and do unmentionable things to them deserves to be on the greatest villain of all time list. Or Pazuzu in The Exorcist. Pazuzu is the demon in the book who most of us know is the white blurb that shows up at exactly the right time to scare the pants off of all of us. Or is it Dexter from Darkly Dreaming Dexter? He does all of the wrong things for all of the right reasons. Ferdinand Mondego in The Count of Monte Cristo. Mondego used a fairly complex series of lies and collusion to achieve his goals and was without any semblance of remorse. It feels like someone who used to be in the White House. That was my one political comment. That's it. I will not comment on politics anymore. Number 11, the fireman in Fahrenheit 451. 
First, they can destroy all other literary villains just by burning them. And second, they destroy knowledge forever, which is the evilest thing one can do. Or is it Hannibal Lecter in The Silence of Lambs? He is a cannibal and a genius, which is a very deadly combination. Kaiser Soze from The Usual Suspects. Despite the fact that his true identity was hidden until the very end, Kaiser Soze has become one of the most fabled villains in all history. Or Lord Walder Frey in Game of Thrones. His list of crimes is most impressive. Incest, violation of the guest rule, murder, treason, regicide, may I go on. He is so well-written that you feel like you need a shower just reading about him. In just a few minutes, I'll be back to talk you through the other greatest villains of all time. I'll be right back. There are two things I want you to know about. The first is the Fundamentals of Media Measurement course that we just launched with Muckrack, and the second is the PESO Model Certification. Both will help you evolve your career this year as you learn how to measure your work using the PESO Model to get you there. The Fundamentals of Media Measurement course can teach you how to measure your earned media efforts, create a successful measurement strategy, and report on your success. It will take you about two hours, but it has quick bite-sized lessons you can take when convenient. It has actionable tips, step-by-step approaches, and examples from Jonna Burke, Christopher Penn, and me. Go to mrac.co slash spinsucks to learn more, get registered, and start your measurement journey today. That's mrac.co slash spinsucks. Please be sure to use that link because I get a gold star every time someone registers, and I love gold stars. And for those of you who need to evolve your career, learn how to integrate the work you do with marketing and amp up your measurement efforts, the PESO model certification is for you. Step up your game with an academically accredited PESO model certification from Spin Sucks and the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. Learn more about that by going to spinsucks.com academy, or you can go to spinsucks.com and click on academy in the navigation. And now, back to the show. Okay, I'm super curious to hear what you think of the list so far. You'll have to DM or tweet or email me and let me know. Here are some others to consider. Man in Bambi. Every villainous act is an act of man. Bambi just exemplifies it. The villain doesn't need to be a character per se. When you break down any work, the antagonist is a human with human flaws and failings that we can all identify within ourselves, only magnified to the unthinkable point of no return. So in this way... Just like man in Bambi, we are all villains by human nature. Or is it Norman Bates in Psycho? One of my favorite stories is about how Psycho came to be because it was a complete diversion from the Alfred Hitchcock dynasty. He believed so much in the book, which he made into a movie, that he was willing to risk his entire livelihood. And we all agreed, greatest villain of all time? Maybe so. Or is it O'Brien in 1984? He is someone who believes to seek freedom of thought and opinion is insane. He's willing to torture Winston Smith, and we never learn enough about him to have our questions answered. Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. Any of us could be him. He is completely banal and represents what could happen to any of us, really, if we cannot make meaning in our lives. Or President Snow in The Hunger Games. Cold, calculating, cowardly, perfect. Or Professor James Morty in Sherlock Holmes. It reminds me that my husband just told me a really bad Sherlock Holmes dad joke. Very bad. Not the point. But Professor James Moriarty and Sherlock Holmes, just because he was so good, he was always a burr under Sherlock Holmes's saddle. Then we have Professor Umbridge in Harry Potter. She's the worst kind of person. Small-minded, cruel, cat lover. That doesn't mean a cat lover does not make you 
evil, but when combined with these things and effective, very, very scary. And now, of course, because I did this alphabetically, not in terms of who we think the greatest villain of all time is, it's Randall Flagg and the Stan. He's so scary. He's nightmare inducing. When I finally read The Stand five years ago, we were in Paris on vacation. I was so freaked out that I couldn't sleep. So between jet lag and The Stand, it made for a very interesting time. Roger Chillingworth in The Scarlet Letter. His psychology is so richly layered. Hawthorne shows Roger is inherently good, but the temptation of revenge consumes him completely. He is smart, eerily calm, and deeply manipulative. Like a leech depending on its host for sustenance, Chillingworth drains vitality from his enemy, Arthur, and depends on the pursuit of vengeance to fulfill him. Totally creepy, but sad, too. Or Satan in Paradise Lost. I mean, he's Satan. Need we say more? The stepmother from Cinderella, because she is as real as it gets. She also gives stepmoms a really bad name, but that's a different subject for a different time. Time Time is a pretty big villain in most stories. There is never enough. And when you really need more, what does time do? That's right. It abandons you. And another one from Harry Potter, of course, Voldemort. I spend nearly every evening trying to convince my little one to read Harry Potter with me. She keeps refusing. So no Voldemort for her. She's into graphic novels, which breaks my literature loving heart. And now it's your turn. If you didn't hear your favorite villain, head on over to Spinzucks to let me know that or join the best community on the internet for communicators and we can all have fun adding to the list you can find us at spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community that's spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community the only rules are one the villain has to be from literature not movies or comic books or graphic novels and there has to be a reason i can't wait to hear and i'll see you next week if you're ready to change the face of PR, make sure you subscribe to the Spin Sucks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review. 